current theory states that okay it all crunches down and becomes a point like singularity but that's where quantum gravity is coming in and trying to explain what actually happens what the singularity actually is um but yeah some of them is they are also considering the possibility that it could be a fundamental particle that it forms so what i was thinking is why should light have the highest speed in the universe all the contradictions arise from the fact that okay first an event has to happen and that information has to reach you and then all the other things can follow but that is just for your cognitive processing but what if we take out that fact like completely away from the argument there's no life there's no processing there's no cognition there's no perception now it's just particles and matter and processes and radiation going away from it why does light have to be the fastest thing hey curiosity this is patam and i'm suruj so on this channel we discuss our thoughts and have a deep talk on an intriguing topic to see where the conversation takes us so for this episode we decided to do one of our favorite topics which is black holes and i'm sure a lot of you find it really interesting as well i know suruj and i have discussed this quite a bit uh, sometimes here and there and found it really fascinating from what's possible to what we know So on this episode we're going to discuss uh, things which are some of the biggest black holes in the known universe which range from like 66 billion masses of our sun to perhaps the end of the universe where we might have to live by a black hole and harvest its energy in order to survive. But we before we get into all of that I kind of wanted to talk about one really um, you know fascinating thing about this whole thing whether it's been from the beginning or while watching movies like interstellar or just you know watching some youtube videos or reading about it or talking to you about it is what is inside a black hole right and uh, yeah that just takes me from theory to practical to so many things so what do you think is uh, one of the best possibilities of what is inside a black hole oh hold on <laughs> i think that's a he- really heavy topic right there so before we delve okay. into it i feel yeah it's better that we discuss the basics of it So okay. Yeah. So this is how the formats of the episodes going to be. We're going to discuss few basics of the black holes like what's a black hole, how is it formed, how is time affected near it and event horizon and stuff. So for the folks who are already familiar with it, feel free to skip to 9 minutes 10 seconds and if not, yeah, enjoy the black hole basics with us. So let's get started. So let's start with what a black hole is. So what you're seeing on the screen right now is an artist's depiction of black hole so to describe it in layman's term it's a region in space which is so dense and has such strong gravitational pull that not even light can escape it and whatever light streaks that you're seeing right now it's actually the accretion disk which we'll delve into later and it's not the light that is inside of a black hole so basically that cannot come out and it will not come out so this is just matter around black hole that's orbiting around the black hole So yeah that's what a black hole is and uh, I wanted to also say a little bit about how it is formed so in layman's terms basically a black hole is the corpse of a star once a star which has enough mass has died and collapsed and it has so much gravity that it can't hold itself up any longer it collapses into a black hole and basically it becomes this really super dense um uh, super dense remnant of a star 
which pulls everything towards it. And like Suraj said, basically not even light can escape. So surrounding the star is, surrounding the remnant of the star is basically a kind of virtual sphere um, in, in which the gravity is so strong that everything kind of gets pulled towards it. So that even if a photon is passing by that region, it will get pulled into that uh, core and it will not be available for it to reflect and bounce off and reach your eye for you to be able to see it. Yep, yep. And one of the most interesting effects of black hole because of its such high density is how time is affected by uh, nearby it. So to understand that, we must understand space-time fabric first. So Einstein tells us that space and time are not actually two different things. It's woven into a single fabric called, unsurprisingly, space-time. And whenever there's matter, it always distorts space-time around it. So even we, like we human beings, can distort space-time, but it's so insignificant that its effect doesn't matter. But if you take objects like Earth or Sun, now we're getting somewhere. So these are so massive that space-time distorts and forms a curve around it. Now, around a black hole, the distortion of space-time is very extreme. And this leads to very interesting effects. So basically, if you're near a black hole, time kind of runs slowly for you relative to an observer outside the black hole. So when I say outside the black hole, I mean outside the effects of gravity of a black hole. All right. So for many people, this is a bit hard to believe. Like some people don't even believe that time can run differently. But if you think about it, we currently exploit those facts to our advantage over here. So just a simple example is that if you think about GPS satellites, because it's far away from the Earth, the gravitational pull on GPS satellites by the Earth is weaker compared to the gravitational pull of Earth on us. So because of this fact, time runs differently for GPS satellites compared to us. So if you just take a look at your phone, the time that sh uh, shows you, it's coming from those GPS satellites. And for that to happen and for that to be correct, it has to be pre-corrected based on Einstein's general theory of relativity and then sent to us. Otherwise, we'll be off by a lot of um, seconds in a day and that just accumulates over time and like we'll all have very different times. So yeah, this stuff actually happens and near a black hole, it's very extreme. So to summarize, as you're approaching black hole or any other objects of extremely high density, gravity is so strong that it has distorted the space-time in such a way that time starts slowing down for you and it almost becomes zero. Also, what I wanted to speak about is the event horizon. So like you mentioned, around anything which, is, uh, which has a lot of mass, there's a gravitational field. So as you get closer to the object, the field increases, becomes stronger and stronger. And the same goes with the black hole as well. As you go towards the core of the black hole, the gravity increases. So the event horizon is basically in that field when you reach a point close enough to the black hole that the gravity is so strong that you can't get back now. There's no way you can escape. So basically a point of no return. And that's the same distance from the core in every direction. So basically you can imagine it as a sphere that's around the black hole, which is called the event horizon, beyond which like if you step into the, like step past the event horizon, you won't be able to get out of it. Now you're just going one way down and that's all there is, no other way out. 
So yeah. Yep. And that's basically why we see the uh, sphere as a black hole, right? Because nothing can escape, like you said. But yeah, also what I just wanted to touch upon before we end this intro segment is what we do really see, right? And what we see is uh, generally a black sphere or a ball. And around that we see this kind of orangish or reddish light. And that is basically an accretion disk which is something like when matter accretes or collects around a black hole since the black hole is spinning and the matter also would probably be kind of spinning and spiraling into the black hole and the black hole has an axis and it's spinning on that axis like along that axis so when the matter kind of spirals in it forms this plate around the black hole which is called an accretion disk and because of the friction and the heat that matter might start glowing and have light coming off of it. And that's what we basically reaches our eye and we see as an accretion disk. Yep, yep, that's true. Yeah, so I think that kind of uh, should, uh, you know, get you up to speed on the basics for anybody who's watching who's not very familiar with some of these concepts. And some of the animations, if you're listening to us on YouTube, will help for sure. So do check that out if you want to. Okay. So now that that's done, so what I wanted to ask you before we get into some of the questions we talked about mm -hmm. at the introduction is that do you know about when this concept of black hole was kind of first theorized or thought about? Uh, is it 20th century? <laughs> no. No? So yeah. 19th? So not really. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple of hundred years back, more than like 300 years back or something, there was a scientist. Uh, I'm not sure of his name. I think it was John Mitchell. But basically, the concept actually came about when there was this understanding of gravity after uh, Newton introduced it, right? Mm -hmm. And so there were tests performed and there were things being theorized and people started thinking about the velocity needed to escape, right? And like, let's say you kind of shoot something into the sky, it reaches a certain velocity and then it kind of falls back down. Yeah. So people started thinking about, okay, that's related to the gravity and how much force is holding that object back down or the field that's pulling the object down. And uh, so people started thinking about that. And there was, you know, there were thoughts about, okay, what if Earth had a stronger gravity, we need more force to thrust something off, uh, like thrust something into the sky. Mm -hmm. And then this scientist thought about this and said, what if there's an object that no matter how much force you use, it will not be able to achieve that escape velocity. Like for Earth, we have an escape velocity. But similarly for a star also, he theorized that, okay, there might be an escape velocity. But what if the star's gravity is so strong that that photon or any particle would not be able to escape it? And that was the actual first thought about something like a black hole, even though all the space time and all those notions that came in with Einstein later on, those didn't exist at that time. But like, you see how we just use that escape velocity concept to, you know, just. Yeah, theorize. Yeah. That's such an awesome Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted, yeah, so I just wanted to touch upon that, like, because something like that, which is so complicated, has so many parts to it, and you can come to it from any direction. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they kind of figured something about gravity and escape velocity, they they'd reached it already. 
and it's only later that it kind of became such a big phenomenon yeah that's actually crazy because i thought that yeah. um it was only theorized after einstein came up with his understanding of spa- space time as one single fabric and yeah. then we uh, started thinking about black holes um, as some things that can actually be there in our universe but it's crazy to think that even in even from newtonian gravity uh, this thinking emerged yeah yeah and it's not just like the escape velocity part he thought that okay no photons will be able to escape so it could be a star which will not be able to actually give light out mm. so oh yeah <laughs> Yeah that's pretty wild just to think just from Newtonian yeah. gravity um they came up with that yeah that's why i wanted to bring it up because a lot of people don't know about this and when i first heard it i thought it was pretty fascinating yeah it definitely is <laughs> cool so now actually going off on a tangent um i just wanted to address one misconception that people generally have regarding time slowing down near black holes and i know it's very uh, hot and juicy topic to talk about uh how time slows down near black hole but what actually happens is that your perception of time will remain the same like you won't if you're near a black hole you won't suddenly start moving in slow motion or your clock won't start ticking slowly but th- what actually slows down is time relative uh, to an observer outside uh, the effects of black hole so if he sees you like if you are near a black hole and if he's far away and he sees you then he'll see that you're moving slowly and your clock is ticking slowly and even your heart is beating slowly so that's the only thing that's going to change for you near a black hole nothing's going to change it's exactly like if you are in international space station you will still move the same way uh, compared to if you're on earth except that you have zero gravity over there of course so because of this effect right a lot of cool things are possible just like on interstellar where i think they're on miller's planet i guess yeah. so a few hours yeah. over there is um, 51 years it was 51 years on earth so this leads to a lot of interesting sci-fi stories where you know you can go into the future relative to others future just by going near a black hole and orbiting it maybe once and just coming back but technically you actually yeah. don't need a black hole you can go near any high massive stars or like neutron stars or like supermassive stars and yeah. yeah also if there's a black hole it definitely helps and now we know that there <laughs> are black holes like supermassive black holes at the center of every galaxy so and do you i hadn't appreciated how big supermassive black holes were the normal black holes are like around few hundred times the mass of our sun and these supermassive black holes it's ridiculous it's 66 billion times the mass of our sun it's man pretty those, crazy <laughs> yeah those numbers are almost it's inconceivable sure. like they don't mean anything to us like if i say 10 million times the mass of our sun or 66 billion times like we can't perceive yeah, that yeah, difference yeah. but it's ridiculously high density um, objects but yeah it's it's pretty crazy so yeah if you go near those black holes i think by the time you come i don't know if there will be earth to come to yeah. come back to <laughs> so so one more thing that that really like kind of fascinated me when i had first learned about it was the schwarzschild radius which uh, basically yeah which kind of tells that anything can really become a black hole as long as you you know squeeze it into a small enough 
volume so that the density goes really high. So for example, you, me, this, uh, you know, this phone or camera that we're using or anything or the earth, if you squeeze the earth to like less than like almost like a groundnut or a peanut size, it would become a black hole because so much matter and mass is being squeezed into such a tiny volume. And there's like, we have a formula for it discovered by this German scientist Schwarzschild. So yeah, that was pretty fascinating to me. And I, I never really thought that because I always thought, okay, stars will become black holes or mm. at the center of galaxies we have that. But, but I never really thought that, okay, anything can become a black hole. So it's more about what kind of, how you distort that space time instead of uh, more about what like you don't need any specific type of matter or specific process yeah. to happen. It's just as long as that exists in that space time, it will just start sucking in. The yeah, that's true. Yeah. And uh, do you know, like I actually calculated the Schwarzschild radius for me. Like I put my... <laughs> for you specifically with your weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I put my, plug nice. my weight into it. And apparently uh, you have to compress me uh, to a point where it is 10 to the power minus 25 meters that's okay. <laughs> that's ridiculously small a proton is i think 10 power minus 15 and you have to compress me 15 yeah okay okay that's pretty crazy <laughs> yeah so a proton is around 10 power minus 15 and you have to compress me to around 10 power minus 25 uh, to turn me into a black mm-hmm. hole yeah that's pretty crazy okay yeah 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 and for the earth uh it, like if you can compress the earth to the size of a peanut yeah then it becomes a black hole yeah uh, here's a question for you like this is also something that i came across before mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I, I kind of fell for it i didn't realize but what if the or for you guys like if y'all can answer this what if you replace the sun with a black hole of equal mass what do you think will happen I know the answer. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much nothing. Uh, if you're just talking about the effects of gravity. But yeah. if you're talking yeah. about like all this photosynthesis and the other um, effects of sun, then yeah, that's going to change. But in terms of gravity, if it's equal mass, then yeah, nothing. Nothing much happens uh, yeah. for the gravity. Yeah, pretty much. Because the field is going to be the same. So Earth is going to be revolving just the same way it usually is. And I mean, of course, things will get dark suddenly. Yeah. Things will start dying. Things will get cold. It's going to go for one particular end. But mm. yeah, it's just like, as far as the Earth revolving, it'll just continue to evolve as, as it is. So yeah. that's pretty cool. That's something people don't realize because, you know, for gravity, only thing that really matters is the mass. Yeah. So, yep. So actually speaking about that, uh, it brings me to a very interesting observation that I made. Yeah, I think it probably is pretty evident to you and to many others, but uh, it wasn't to me. So when you when you say that you replace Earth with an equal mass black hole or any other star, like it would remain the same, right? So, but if you change the mass, right, it would definitely have an effect on um, Earth, basically. Uh, basically the orbits of the earth so let's say you either increase or decrease it and you immediately replace it but to feel that effect it won't be instant it'll still take eight minutes so i was under the impression yeah i was under the impression that it was only the light that traveled at the speed of light any photon uh, that travels at the speed of light but it's also the gravitational waves 
that travel at the speed of light so basically it's information information cannot break this uh, speed barrier yeah yeah so basically that the gravity field of the sun is like a it's it's a field so that like let's say if the sun suddenly disappeared mm. the wave that carries the information that the sun has disappeared so the earth doesn't have to revolve around it anymore mm-hmm. would take the same amount of time that light takes to reach the earth yeah so yeah yeah i know what you mean <laughs> so that actually also makes me think about uh, something that i recently was wondering and it might go off in a little different direction mm-hmm. but this is just like my thoughts on it so what i was thinking is why should light have the highest speed in the universe so the reason i was thinking about this is basically uh, because like see when you look at it from a fundamental perspective these are like electromagnetic radiation it's not like particles with mass so and the practical aspect of it is i mean one is that the mass converts to energy and there's that transaction happening but if you think about it it's just like for us to perceive for living things to be able to see and perceive right but what if there were no living things what if there was nothing living that was there to perceive it then why does that you get you get what i mean right like all the contradictions arise from the fact that okay first an event has to happen and that information has to reach you and then all the other things can follow but that is just for your cognitive processing but what if we take out that fact like completely away from the argument there's no life there's no processing there's no cognition there's no perception now it's just particles and matter and processes and radiation going away from it why does light have to be the fastest thing in the universe 